Welcome to Right Course with Dan Barry, conservative commentary on politics, policy, and the news from the southern Piedmont of North Carolina through the Raleigh State House into the nation's capital. To learn more about us, search the web at Right Course with Dan Barry and let us know your thoughts. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm your host, Dan Barry. Thank you so much for joining us for our inaugural episode or teaser for our podcast, Right Course. It's a thrill to be launching this and so thankful that you have decided to join us. As we get started on this journey together, it's 2020 and we have so much going on in North Carolina and in Washington, D.C. There is plenty for us to talk about. First, though, for those that don't know me, a little about me, I'm an eight-generation Charlottean from the state of North Carolina. Come from the tradition, politically, of classical liberals. For those who don't know what classical liberalism, it's actually the tradition of our founders. Um, believe in freedom first and liberty, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom to assemble, freedom to petition your government, freedom of religion, and as some of my friends say, the Second Amendment to the Constitution, uh, freedom to bear arms, is there to assure that those freedoms in the First Amendment uh, are maintained. As we talk about classical liberalism and the true tradition of conservatism, we have to also talk about the political landscape. The days of statesmanship and leadership are challenged uh, in both Raleigh in Charlotte and in Washington, D.C. We look at the parties, both Democrat and Republican, they dominate the political spectrum, but oftentimes they're more entombed at scoring points than adding real value. We have to look um, at the ebb and flow of politics. We would argue that conservatives today are a far cry from the traditions of Barry Goldwater and Ronald Reagan, which we hold as the standard bearer. When you think about conservatives today, I like to tell people, I'm a Republican because I'm conservative. I'm not a conservative because I'm Republican. Parties ebb and flow over time. In 2020, we would could argue that many of our elective leaders are more in the populist nature uh, and wrapped in conservatism than in traditional conservatism. Look at um, the role of government. Those of us in the conservative movement have argued for generations that we need to work tirelessly to reduce the size of government and specifically the scale and scope and the way that it interacts into our daily lives and frankly takes more and more control over that which we do. As we look at um, my political theory or optics, I call out um, four primary um, readings, and we'll talk a lot about my book list, which you can find on my um, website, Right Course, with Dan Barry, and you can Google that. But when we really start to think about the nature of government and the relationship the government has with the governed, we really need to look at four primary documents. The first, the Declaration of Independence, of course. Um, the second the U.S. Constitution and its amendments. Uh, third is the Gettysburg Address. And fourth, Lincoln's second inaugural. And out of those, you get a sense of um, the traditions of the Republican Party and the traditions of conservatism that 
were the manifestation of what led to the fusion movement in the conservative movement in the 50s, where it brought together libertarian social conservatives and those in the traditional conservative movement that launched Barry Goldwater and ultimately Ronald Reagan into the White House. So there's a you know an, an exciting um, period of history there that is a foundation for um, where we are today. Of course, as we look at the news, policy, and politics in our region, in our state, and in our country, that's the optic at which we will look at it through. Um, there are no sacred cows in my podcast. So uh, as a friend of mine says all the time, sacred cows make the best hamburger. Um, those to my right and many to my left, we will poke. Um, so, you know, it's fair game as we assess exactly where we are in this process uh, and in the election. The 2020 cycle is going to be incredibly exciting in North Carolina for political junkies like me. We have a full boat uh, on the ballot, the president the U.S. Senate with Tom Tillis, the governor's race with Dan Forrest versus Cooper, the entire Council of State races, uh, the General Assembly, the North Carolina courts, and then in our region, Union County and Mecklenburg County um, races that are on the ballot. Oftentimes, I'm asked to um, talk a little bit about the races and, and what that means. And what I would suggest to you is that as important as the presidential election is, and a must-win in this state because of the federal courts. I would also tell you that I believe the North Carolina General Assembly races and the North Carolina statewide courts, courts of appeals and Supreme Court, are the most important races on the ballot from a conservative point of view. Um, we have a, a very busy post-census period for the North Carolina General Assembly they will begin the process of redistricting. And in 2021, we will also begin the process of reapportionment. And that's where the U.S. Congress reallocates its membership based on census data as people have migrated between states. North Carolina is slated to pick up um, at least one member of Congress. There's, there's a little bit of chatter out there that we might get to additional members of Congress, I think that's a stretch. So the North Carolina General Assembly will draw those new congressional maps as well as the maps for North Carolina Senate and North Carolina House races. Um, and we can see the in the General Assembly, the urban versus rural divide will consolidate around urban districts because those districts have continued to um, grow as population centers have expanded over the last 10 years, and counties that are more rural have become even more rural. And so we will see that dynamic play out next year, and we'll have a lot of map drawing going on. And of course, if you are familiar with this discussion over the last 10 years, every redistricting uh, bill that was passed in the North Carolina General Assembly was litigated by the Democrats. And because they control the um, appellate courts, um, many cases were reverted back to the General Assembly for additional modifications. There's a fair amount of pressure um, being applied to create nonpartisan uh, redistricting commissions. I would tell you that I'm not a fan because I don't believe there's any such thing as nonpartisan. Bipartisan, yes, 
nonpartisan no. What a nonpartisan redistricting commission does is it masks political bias in the process. There's no such thing as a unbiased process. Bipartisan, absolutely. Nonpartisan, it's simply not the case. What a nonpartisan commission effectively does is it creates a false sense of security to the public that there are no biases in the process. Map drawing or redistricting is clearly a legislative function where it should be. So we've got a you know a ton going on. I am a, a rabid reader. Um, it, it is a, a joke with my family and my mother as I rarely cracked a book in middle school and early part of high school. And uh, we, we now read five or six newspapers a day, multiple blogs. I hit four or five significant web, websites and that material I'll be sharing with you guys. So as we look at um, the podcast and my plans moving forward, my goal is to have two short uh, episodes a week, which will be kind of politics in the news. Um, what's going on in our region and in our state and in Washington, D.C., um, and a little editorialization on that from the conservative point of view. Material will come from, obviously, the newspapers, but I'm also adding stuff that I pick up from organizations like American Enterprise, the Heritage Foundation, Club for Growth on the D.C. side, the Tax Foundation, of course, and then in North Carolina, um, the John Locke Foundation and Civitas are excellent providers of information uh, on what's going on in Raleigh and what it might mean to us. Um, North State Journal is a fantastic uh, online, a little bit of print uh, for news of the day. If you don't subscribe, you should. Those are great people over there, and they offer um, a fantastic look at the news and really are center-right but are uh, timely. And that's important as we watch McClatchy go through their bankruptcy with the Raleigh News and Observer and the Charlotte Observer being challenged uh, economically and with their subscription rates. So that's kind of the the lay of the land on the two episodes per week that we're going to do on the news. The third one, it will be long form. Um, I am a podcast junkie. Um, There's several that I listen to religiously like Econ Talk. Um, It's an hour long deep dive. It's wonkish, and that's why I love it. But we will, uh, once a week, try to have either considerable information at the policy level, bring policymakers on, uh, and bring candidates in that want to talk about what, what they see as they travel the state, the mood they feel or see on the street, and what they plan to do when they get elected. And uh, so we'll, we will reach out um, and pop open our Rolodex and bring a lot of those folks on. Um, of course, you'll continue to uh, see my, my twice a week news debrief as we go through that. I thank you very much for your willingness to join us. Please do me a favor if you're interested. Um, wherever you are getting your podcast from, please subscribe to Right Course with Dan Barry and invite your friends to join us. It's going to be a great ride. And I look forward to spending this time with you. If you want to reach me, please go to my website. It's Right Course with Dan Barry. There is a um, register tab there so you can get email from me. My blog is there. There's also uh, clips of the media work that I've done, 
um, over the last four or five years. So whether it was WCNC or Spectrum News, uh, those broadcasts are, are located there as well if you are interested in seeing other comments that I have made. I look forward to this opportunity to be with you. I hope you find it valuable. I'm excited about it and uh, look forward to the months and years ahead. It's great being with you. Thank you for joining me today and much more to come. Thank you for joining us. Please subscribe to our podcast through your provider and invite your friends to join us. Of course, look us up on the web at Right Course with Dan Barry, where we have additional content, blogs, and other items for you. We look forward to seeing you again and make it a great week.